The following KQED production was produced in high definition. It was a dark and stormy night, February 12, 1935. Attempting to return to her home base in Mountain View, California, the magnificent Navy airship USS Macon runs headlong into a raging storm. Now, above the churning Pacific, the crew of 83 men struggles to keep the massive Zeppelin aloft. they were conducting maneuvers down the Channel Islands in Southern California with the rest of the fleet. They were coming back, uh, back home here to Moffett Field uh, with the fleet when they encountered some heavy weather off Point Sur. The Macon was no ordinary airship. This mighty, rigid structure dirigible was the pride of the U.S. Pacific Fleet. Powered by eight 560 horsepower engines, she could reach up to 80 miles per hour. And at 785 feet, she was longer than two and a half football fields, nearly the size of the Titanic. What you see back here is a, uh, a custom-built hangar for the uh, USS Macon. In. The Navy back in the 30s decided to build two large airships to basically do homeland protection back then. Uh, and they were supposed to patrol the coast. This is in before radar. And uh, this was the, the method they were gonna use with scouting and long range surveillance. Her primary mission was to hunt submarines. Like an enormous flying aircraft carrier, the Zeppelin had internal hangars which held a squadron of five Sparrowhawk fighter planes. Remarkably, these were launched and retrieved in mid-air using a daring trapeze device. Imagine flying in a small airplane and trying to have that above you rather than land on the, on the, on the deck, coming up on a trapeze with this large airship over you. Uh, it's a very unique part of aviation and they actually had a really good record with that part of it. The Macon flew more than 100,000 miles before engineers discovered a structural defect in her tail section. After making temporary repairs, they decided she could complete one last rendezvous with the fleet before coming in for an overhaul. It would be a fateful decision. With a day's fleet exercises successfully concluded, the Macon headed home to Moffett Field. As the ship turned to avoid a squall, the upper fin tore from its forward support, and two gas cells in the stern were ripped open. The loss of helium declined the stern of the ship sharply. The engines drove the Macon above the pressure ceiling, and more helium poured out through safety valves. In the brief time available, it was impossible to drop enough weight to make up for the lost helium. The big ship slipped slowly into the sea. The one bright spot in the event was the abandoned ship maneuver. Only two were lost of the crew of 83. The doomed USS Macon will lay undisturbed and nearly forgotten for half a century. The exact location of the wreckage remained a mystery until a team from the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute set out on an expedition in 1988 to find it. A lot of people knew that this airship sank out there 
that it still belonged to the U.S. Navy, but no one had ever gone out to really look for it. We got to the site and we tried to find the bacon using a uh, site scan sonar and weren't able to locate it. Something as big as the Macon should have shown up on the sonar screen. So where was it? The researchers returned empty-handed, but with piqued interest. To get to the bottom of the mystery would take a bizarre stroke of luck. The team tracked down a fisherman who claimed to have once snagged the airship in his nets. So we did a bit of sleuthing and detective work. And uh, so lo and behold, the U.S. Navy shows up in Monterey Bay and they're doing some research dives for us. And I asked them if they wanted to go look for the Macon. So they jumped on it and said, let's go do this. We'll call it, it'll be a training mission. And so we went down there on this large vessel and we found it in about 10 minutes. The wreck sits a crushing 1,500 feet below the surface. A combined crew from Embari, NOAA, and the U.S. Navy repeatedly dove on the site using manned and unmanned submersible vehicles to videotape the scene and collect artifacts of the wreckage. Like archaeologists at a dig site, these scientists are piecing together a revealing picture of the last remains of the USS Macon. It's been in a time capsule, you might say, until 50 years later. We've been down there now uh, a number of times, and it's a valuable site because it's the last kind of complete airship from that era that's still around, is right down there in, uh, off Big Sur. Since the crash of the Macon, the lonely airship hangars at Moffett Field have been patiently waiting for the return of the Zeppelin. Now, a new era of airships is taking off. A private company called Airship Ventures has brought the Zeppelin back to the skies of the Bay Area. This is the Eureka. Unlike the Goodyear blimp, this New Age Zeppelin has an internal skeleton that harkens back to the glory days of airship travel. Most people are familiar with blimps. We see them flying over football stadiums the whole time. A blimp is basically a balloon, um, and it can be steered because it has engines and it has rudders and, and fins and so on, but the lifting gas is contained within that hull. Thinking back 75 years ago, the old Zeppelins were a different beast entirely. They had a rigid frame with rings that made up the shape of the hull, and inside that they had these gas bags. Our airship is a hybrid between the two. We don't have a rigid frame making up the round structure. The pressure of the helium gas makes up the structure. But inside that hull, we still have an airframe, and that's what we attach all of the working parts, the fins, the gondola, and the engines to. At 246 feet long, the Eureka is the largest airship in the world, and currently the only true Zeppelin flying in the United States. When most people think of Zeppelins, they naturally remember the Hindenburg disaster, which killed 36 people in 1937. But unlike that famous German Zeppelin, which used highly combustible hydrogen for lift, the Eureka uses safe, non-flammable helium to fly. The way an airship works, very simplistically, is a bit like a submarine, but in the air. So a submarine uses water as its ballast. When it wants to go down, it sucks in a lot of water and it drops below the ocean, spits it out to go back up again. So with that in mind, the airship is very similar. Inside that big helium-filled hull, there are two called ballonets, big bags. Those bags we can suck air in or push air out. 
air is heavier than the helium. So if we pull in air, the overall density of the hull increases and the ship can go down. And if we push it out, the helium can expand, the overall density decreases, and up she goes. But it takes more than just filling a balloon with helium to get zeppelins off the ground. The three 200-horsepower engines give the Eureka a top speed of 80 miles per hour and a range of 575 miles. The engines can rotate through 120 degrees, and that enables them to basically pull the airship down onto the ground. When you need to take off, you just reverse the thrust and you go straight up. The helium does most of the work. You just need to give it a little push with the engines. So this airship is actually capable of vertical takeoff and landing. Additional improvements in ultra-strong, lightweight material design and technology make this Zeppelin the most advanced airship in history. The big hull itself is made of a multi-layer laminate fabric. It's made by the same people that make NASA's spacesuits. This is very high-tech and enables us to retain as much helium as possible. Unlike any other airship flying today, the Zeppelin has a fly-by-wire full avionics cockpit. All the pilot has to do is move the joystick and the computer then sends the signals to the various moving parts to, to do their will. Since the engines are mounted well above the cabin on the rigid internal framework, the ride is both quiet and silky smooth. This makes it ideal for sightseers touring the Bay Area. If they don't mind the $500 price tag, the Eureka also has captured the attention of scientists who are looking at ways to use this New Age Zeppelin as a floating research station. The airship has remarkable and unique capabilities as a scientific platform. We have something that can fly really slow. We can stay up for 24 hours. We can hover in place. We have really low vibration. Have a think about what types of detectors you would like to fly on this airship. Maybe it's to do with atmospheric chemistry. Maybe you're looking at vegetation. Maybe you want to go out over the ocean and do some marine science. These are all things that are possible with this airship. So we're excited to see what is going to come up in terms of really great, meaningful science that we can be doing with the Zeppelin. For now, the Eureka is more airship ambassador than research tool. The golden age of airships ended by the 1940s with the development of faster fixed-wing airplanes. But pause for a moment and watch one of these graceful giants, and you can't help but long for the return of that elegant era. <laughs>